the eleventh day of the month. The wicked borrow and do not pay back, but the righteous are generous and keep giving. Psalm 37, verse 21. God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Today we consider generosity as a fruit of the Spirit. The gospel often sounds like a sheer foolishness when judged by human wisdom. God seems not to care about how much we earn, though it is by this measure that people in our society largely judge one another. Rather, God cares about how much of what we give away, a matter never mentioned by those who want to impress us with their incomes. Furthermore, many regard the term cheerful giver as an oxymoron. Surely, they suppose, it is those who cling to what they have that are happy. Often fundraisers advise us to give until it hurts. Someone, knowing that to be very bad advice, offer this alteration. Give until it stops hurting. But even if further change is needed, give until it is fun, and then continue to give because it is fun. How truly happy are those who discover that it is great fun to give away money and time and talent as well. In an ironic way, being generous may be the most self-serving style of life to be imagined. For the cheerful giver receives joy from being generous that tightwads can never know. Such are the ways God has of surprising us. Ask yourself this day, am I a cheerful giver or a reluctant one? When giving away something, do I ever quietly utter this prayer? O Lord, help me to give away even more. How often do I recall John Wesley's rule? Earn all you can, save all you can, give away all you can. How can I increase both my gifts and my eagerness to give? Opening Prayer God of high heaven, by coming to earth to dwell among us, to die for us, you have demonstrated the greatest generosity possible. Enable us to see in the manger and the cross the joy of giving ourselves fully in your service. Snatch from us the fear that if we give away what we have, we will have less or even nothing. Cause us to know that those who would save their lives lose them while those who lose their lives for the sake of the gospel truly find them. We pray through him who taught us this in both word and deed, Jesus Christ, the perfect offering. Amen. Psalm 112, verses 1-7 Alleluia! Blessed man, blessed woman who fear God, who cherish and relish his commandments, their children robust on the earth, and the homes of the upright how blessed. Their houses brim with wealth and a generosity that never runs dry. Sunrise breaks through the darkness for good people, God's grace and mercy and justice. The good person is, ge- is generous and lends lavishly. No shuffling or stumbling around for this one, but a sterling and solid and lasting reputation, unfazed by rumor and gossip. Heart ready, trusting in God, spirit firm, unperturbed, ever blessed, relaxed among enemies. They lavish gifts on the poor, a generosity that goes on and on and on. From the prophet Hosea, chapter 8. 
Put the trumpet to your lips. Like an eagle, the enemy comes against the house of the Lord, because they have transgressed my covenant and rebelled against my law. They cry out to me, My God, we of Israel know you. Israel has rejected the good. The enemy will pursue him. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have appointed princes, but I did not know it. With their silver and gold they have made idols for themselves, that they might be cut off. He has rejected your calf, O Samaria, saying, My anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of innocence? For from Israel is even this. A craftsman made it, so it is not God. Surely the calf of Samaria will be broken to pieces, for they sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. The standing grain has no heads, it yields no grain. Should it yield, strangers would swallow it up. Israel is swallowed up. They are now among the nations, like a vessel in which no one delights, for they have gone up to Assyria like a wild donkey all alone. Ephraim has hired lovers, even though they hire allies among the nations, nor will I gather them up, and they will begin to diminish because of the burden of the king of princes. Since Ephraim has multiplied altars for sin, they have begun altars of sinning for him. Though I wrote for him ten thousand precepts of my law, they are regarded as a strange thing. As for my sacrificial gifts, they sacrifice the flesh and eat it, but the Lord has taken no delight in them. Nor he will remember their iniquity and punish them for their sins. They will return to Egypt. For Israel has forgotten his maker and built palaces. And Judah has multiplied fortified cities. But I will send a fire on its cities that it may consume its palatial dwellings. From the book of Acts, chapter 23, verses 23 through 35. And he called to him two of the centurions and said, Get two hundred soldiers ready by the third hour of the night to proceed to Caesarea, with seventy horsemen and two hundred spearmen. There were also to provide amounts to put Paul on and bring him safety to Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter having this form, Claudius Lysias, to the most excellent governor Felix, greetings. When this man was arrested by the Jews and was about to be slain by them, I come up to them with the troops and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. And wanting to ascertain the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council, and I found him to be accused over questions about their law, but under no accusation deserving death or imprisonment. When I was informed that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once, also instructing his accusers to bring charges against him before you. So the soldiers, in accordance with their orders, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris, but the next day, leaving the horsemen to go on with him, they returned to the barracks. When these had come to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. When he had read it, he asked from what province he was. When he learned that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing after your accusers arrive also, giving orders for him to be kept in Herod's praetorium. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 through 35. The disciples of John reported to him about all these things, summoning two of his disciples. John sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? When the men came to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? At that very time he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. And he answered and said to them, Go, 
and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. When the messengers of John had left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who were splendidly clothed and lived in luxury are found in royal palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I say to you, among those born of women there is no one greater than John, yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. To what then shall I compare the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another. And they say, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For the John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you said, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Wednesday's Prayer In the middle of this week, good Lord, assure me again of your presence in the midst of life. Renew my strength and determination to do your will on earth, even as it is done in heaven. Save me from self-contentment, from a vision that is too narrow. Enable me to reach beyond my parish into my community, beyond my community into every corner of your anguished world. Help me to see even beyond this world into the vast expanse of your universe, created as a sign of your extraordinary love and of your enduring power. This I ask through Christ, through whom all things were made, in whom all things hold together. Amen. A prayer by Jeanette Struken from her book, Prayers to Pray Without Really Trying. Lord, I feel handicapped. All week I have been out of joint at the office. Yesterday my shell was cracked when the boss criticized my work. And today I got tongue-tied, stammering an apology. Honestly, I, I don't think the answer to personal security is a deodorant commercial, a stockbroker, or life insurance. But when it gets down to basics, do you suggest more grease in my elbow or more starch in my backbone? Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Traditional Text Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.